of the Turbo Team Podcast with Jake Brand. Don't you go anywhere near that! Ben Neeson. Like just being caught metaphorically with your pants down. And Alex Powell. Do you know I saw those cute one time? Tommy gun. Reviewing and breaking down movies and TV shows from all genres. This is the Turbo Team Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Turbo Team Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Bren. We've got a special episode planned for you today. We've got the regulars with us, but also a special guest. Welcome Doug Voigt's to the show. Hey, Jake. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Doug, a good friend from high school, goes up to St. Thomas in Minnesota. Hamlin. Hamlin. Oh, yep. who St. goes to St. Thomas? Is that Connor? Connor goes to St. Thomas. Okay. Dude, yeah. They just moved from like D3 to FCS. Really? Yeah, because Football. we kicked him out of our conference. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Doug's a good friend. and So today we're watching La La Land, and Doug was Doug starred in a couple of our high school's musicals and plays, so he'll be able to add, <laughs> he'll be able to add a much better insight than any of us three, but we've still got the regulars, Alex and Ben. How are you guys doing? I, I am here. I'm also here. How's work, Ben? It was okay. Mm, Chipotle. Did your manager play a bunch of Eminem again? No. Uh, I had a different manager this time. Uh, she played a ton of Mexican music the whole time. It's probably better than Eminem. Yeah, no kidding. Eminem yeah, it's better than Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> so Ben actually didn't copy the plot today from Wikipedia, Wikipedia. which is very impressive. So he's going to take us through the synopsis of <laughs> La La Land. A, I guess I should give a little rundown. Directed by Damien Chazelle. Chazelle, starring Ryan Gosling as Sebastian, Emma Stone as Mia, and John Legend as Keith. And then J.K. Simmons was in it, but I think he, 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 just, he, just, yeah. he just played J.K. Simmons. He just, yeah, he yeah. was just himself. Yeah. <laughs> Damien Chazelle was like, all right, so I'm going to cast you in Whiplash as the same exact character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just yell less. <laughs> all right. Uh, so the movie uh, takes place. Uh, it starts off winter in L.A., after several coincidental meetings and a flirtatious dance number, a relationship blossoms between aspiring. <laughs> Can you not? <laughs> I interrupted you, Ben. I apologize. Uh, aspiring actress Mia and traditionalist jazz musician Sebastian in the spring. The summer is filled with romantic LA sightseeing and jazz dance-offs, but also rejection and discouragement for Mia. Seb tries to provide for her by joining a traveling band, which along with the dinnertime disagreement distances the two. Sebastian comes into conflict with his band and seeing Mia perform her one-act play and uh, between seeing his band and seeing Mia perform her one-act play and instead chooses to miss the play, infuriating Mia and ending the relationship. In the fall, after a brief stint at home, Mia is dragged back to L.A. by Seb to audition for a major film, which she gets, and the two agree that they can't continue to date. Five years later, Mia is a famous actress married with, married with a husband and a child, and Seb has a successful jazz club. Mia wanders into the club where the two lock eyes reminisce about what could have been and not each other farewell. End of movie. Beautiful, Ben. All right, did you, did you of, write the movie? That, that's the end of the podcast. This, this is the whole screenplay. <laughs> just starts from all, just reads the whole script. I sold this to Damien. <laughs> and this award infamously got robbed of Best Picture in 2016. Yeah. Who won? It Moonlight. was Moonlight. 
Because it was the big uh, switch up where they announced all oh, of yeah, yeah. actually. Okay, I actually heard Moonlight was like good though. I haven't, I haven't seen, seen it. it. I haven't I seen it. I've heard it's good though. <laughs> but as it's I was, on Netflix. I was gonna say, Alex, do you want to take us through? Because it won several other awards. Yeah, it was sort of nominated for pretty much everything. Is, uh, so it won four awards. I don't have the nominations, uh, but I'll just go with it. Won uh, Linus Sand- Sander- Sandgren won for Academy Award for Best Cinematography. Damien Chazelle won Best Director. Uh, Justin Hurwitz won for Best Original Score, and Emma Stone won for Best Actress. So they took away pretty much every major category except for Best yeah. Picture. Yep. And I How? think all of them are incredibly deserved. How? So. I have oh, no yeah. idea. Yeah. I don't know. The yeah. Furious 7 should have won Best Original <laughs> Score. <laughs> it's been a long day. That, I've never seen... I've never seen a Fast and Furious movie, and I don't. I saw it. Have another. The only one I've seen is Furious Seven, and it was awful. Aww, (laughs) that's the See You Again movie. Oh, Paul Walker died. Okay, but he made a shitty last movie. (laughs) Rest in peace, Paul Walker. Didn't they bring in his brothers to like? Yeah, he had like a he has like a twin brother, like the last name of Vin Diesel. I'm pretty sure that's his brother, not him. (laughs) Ben Diesel. Ben Diesel. So I literally liked pretty much everything about this movie. Same, yeah, yeah, I did too. But wow, I I just I'm curious to what like everyone's like absolute favorite parts of the movie are because we could like talk about what we liked about the movie, but we'd be here all day. Mm-hmm. But yeah. like I know Alex is a huge coloring guy, so yeah, I, yeah, the I coloring was awesome. It was oh, fucking, yeah. it was so good. <laughs> I did I. If I could go on for four hours about the coloring, it was fantastic. The like the sunset scenes and all and the, all yeah. of them, uh, especially the one on the dock, mm-hmm. was just a plus. Those were all natural too. Yeah, they it were. Reminded me a lot of uh, reminded me a lot of uh, uh, sorry to bother you in a way. It's the way they kind of used the color, like from like so there there's scenes in sorry to bother you. So there's specifically when he was on the phone and the window seal, there's teal coming from one side and there's like a light orange coming from the other side. And then there's like a lot of that in this movie, especially when Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling are sitting down at the piano uh, writing that song. It's two different colors. I think it's teal. It's, it's like green. It's like yeah, it's like green and it's, like I think the background red is green and then or there. something like yeah. that. But like the coloring reminded me a lot of Euphoria and uh, the uh, sorry to bother you. So I did just fucking awesome. It was fantastic. <laughs> and then the, the obviously the scene when they're leaving the party in the beginning. That's the, my favorite top, scene of the entire movie. Yeah, that's yeah. What, yeah. And they're tap dancing on the like that's probably the most iconic scene out of all yep. of it. But like, yeah. it, it was so, it was to, so like, good. singing in the rain. It, it's and, one of those yeah. where it was just so good that like if that's your favorite scene, it's like you can be like, oh, it's such a mainstream scene because it was such a good scene. You know, <laughs> when I was yeah. picking out my favorite scene, we don't have to get into this yet because it's usually yeah. a later segment. But I had like five or six that I very oh, I easily could have mm-hmm. yeah. chose. Like, and there was one that I forgot about. Like, even the opening scene, "Another Day of Sun." Like, oh, I forgot yeah. about that, and that just yeah. that in itself is so impressive because yeah, it is. It's cut together up. to look like one shot. Yeah, it, that's and there's what I was there's say. like a, a span of like four minutes at the end of that number where it's it's actually a one shot. Yeah, I was gonna well, say, yeah, is it like uh, just like when it's panning up and everyone's on the cars or something like that? Well, it's after the skateboarder jumps down, and then after that moment, it's all one shot. I was gonna uh, say uh, the cinematographer be like, Damien, how many continuous shots do you want? Damien yeah. Chazelle, <laughs> yes, <laughs> dude. There are so yeah. many continuous yeah. shots. And I, it's probably the most impressive just in the first scene because. It's a lot of it is kind of just moving like left to right for the movie, mm-hmm. but the scene on the bridge, like the skateboarders going here, going back here, and people are like dancing, so it has to creatively like spin the camera around to 
keep it looking like one shot, even though they did cut. It's yeah. Yeah. it's like, it's, it's so it's intertwining, but you can see everything that's happening very clearly. Like the yeah. blocking was really good. Like if you think about like the top, like like when you think about number one continuous shot, you think of that one in Goodfellas where they're walking, where he's like taking her through the kitchen yep. and mm-hmm. out and up in the diner, <laughs> or like like in Euphoria, speaking of which, it has a at the carnival episode. There's like a really long. Uh, tracking closing, shot. Yeah, tracking shot. That was just phenomenal. So when done right, it's awesome. But like, this whole movie was pretty much just that continuous shot. And yep. I think I was thinking about. It, I was like, is there too many continuous shots? But like, it's a musical, and they want it to feel like a musical. Mm-hmm. And cutting like cutting back and forth like a traditional movie isn't going to make it feel like a musical as opposed to the flowiness of a continuous shot. So I thought it. He need like I thought it made the movie even better. It made it feel actually like like a musical. Yeah. And I, I watched a video where the choreographer talked about how she and the editor worked together mm-hmm. like to choreograph this mm-hmm. so that they had something continuous and that flowed just as well as anything else. Did you ever see that clip on Twitter where there it's the scene where Emma Stone's off over here dancing and then uh, Ryan yeah. Gosling and the snapshots with the, the camera. Yeah. And, the, and like so so the the cameraman's got the camera on Ryan Gosling and then Damien Chazelle taps on the left shoulder and he flips it right, Emma, and Emma Stone taps on the right shoulder and he flips them and it goes back and forth for that whole <laughs> shot. Yep. It's really impressive when you watch the clip. And it looks like it's edited to like yeah. hidden cuts in between each but it's not. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that Almost everything about this movie is just extremely impressive. Yeah. And it's like, it's about as near a perfect film as you can find, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, Doug, I agreed. so we, we talked about it from like a film yeah. perspective. From a musical perspective, like what's so good about it? What makes it like a good musical? Well, I think there's a, the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie have entirely different feels when it comes to how it approaches the musical. Because yeah. the beginning of the movie, up until like the very end of the scene at the observatory, mm-hmm. is like super bright and colorful, and there's lots of things going on, and it's kind of idealistic, like a lot of the old Hollywood film movies mm-hmm. are, yeah. or mu- movie musicals are. And then at the end, it kind of... Um, it shifts to a more realistic, this is what real life actually happens in Hollywood. This is how it actually happens in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Relationships die when dreams are followed, and that's just how it works. And I just think it, it works beautifully. And the music is amazing. Um, yeah. I, I have no really big complaints about this movie, but the music is definitely not any, yeah. <laughs> not anything to... Uh, I was thinking about... I thought this was one of the best love stories I've seen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? Because it's under Scott Pilgrim. N- notoriously, I am a <laughs> <laughs> notoriously I am a hater of when the man doesn't end up like a girl, with the girl, not like, like a girl. <laughs> I'm a big Dallas Buyers Club fan. This isn't this isn't the assignment. This isn't the assignment with starring Michelle Rodriguez. <laughs> but but like like 500 Days of Summer wrecked me. That movie was Same. that movie destroyed me. <laughs> And I hate it to its core because they didn't end up together, but also I love it at the same time. But for some reason, just something about this movie, like, they, I, not that I love 500 Days of Summer, but this movie just, like, did it better where I wasn't upset that they didn't end up together. I was like, it ran its course, and now they're both happy doing what they're doing. I think the, the very, the scene at the end where it goes through the montage of what yeah. their relationship could have been like, it shows us what we want to see, mm-hmm. and then at the end with a little nod, it shows us, okay, it's okay that we don't get that, yeah. and we can move mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, the whole, like, love story is just kind of like a subplot, just because the lighting and the music and everything is, like, such a focus, and 
this is my second time watching it all the way through. And that's where I was like really able to appreciate like Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone's performance. You and did have a great performance. I know. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Emma Stone and I have great chemistry. <laughs> that, uh, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling were the perfect cast for this. Oh movie. yeah, yeah totally. like so, Alex. We were talking about this before you got here, but I was reading through the Wikipedia page, and apparently they wanted to cast Miles Teller as Sebastian. I could see Miles Teller at at playing him, but I don't think he would have done as good of a job. No, Ryan Gosling yeah. just has this like smooth confidence about him that just fits the character perfectly, and Emma Stone's Emma Stone's character fits it per- Like I was thinking, like. I was surprised they didn't cast like an actual like like a Lady Gaga or something like that because she does acting and she does music. <laughs> you know it was just it was the first thing that popped in mind. But like like John Legend's in this like yeah. you know so I but I liked like having actual actors not musicians because musicians can be like John Legend's performance wasn't anything to write home about in this I didn't yeah. think he was good his musical performances were good but his acting was. Eh. So he I actually had to learn guitar for this movie because he didn't know guitar before. I was, I was thinking that. I was watching that. I was like, doesn't he play piano? Because yeah, and I just, I'm incredibly impressed with Ryan Gosling's learning oh, the did, piano. Did he actually? Was that he, actually? He was playing all three of three months. He played everything. Oh my god! They had like it, it, it wasn't was like three months. It was like five him. hours for three months, like yeah. five hours a day for three Jeez. months or something. Like that. Yeah, it's it was so impressive to watch that. I was watching that the one in the uh, in the restaurant or the bar or whatever, and I was like. I was like, I don't think this is him, but he is hitting every note. Yeah. So I, I don't know, yeah. and I didn't look up, but that's, yeah. that on, makes a lot more sense. On the surface, this movie is extremely impressive, but the farther you dig deeper, the more impressive it gets. Agreed. The fact that yeah. like Gosling took all the steps and did all the work to learn all that stuff, mm-hmm. and the, the Twitter clip you're talking about, the cuts from yeah. on top of the stage to below, just like everything that went behind the, the movie is so good. How long did it take to write this movie? Uh, they said he wrote it in 2010, but he couldn't fund it. He couldn't find a studio to fund it until after he made Whiplash. I was gonna say, okay. I was gonna yeah. say, this seems like a movie that that Damon Chazelle was like, everything needs to be perfect about it. It seemed like yeah, it was. I, I watched an interview with him, and he was like, he told the actors straight up, I was like, hey, this is gonna be yeah. four months of hard work before we even start filming. This seems like a movie yeah. that he's like, nothing can be like, we can't settle for anything. So, uh-huh. which is good. He made as close to a masterpiece as I've seen. I think I. I long say that you know I think No Country for Old Men is a masterpiece. Agreed. But this is this is this is close, man. It's really yeah. good. I mean, like this might break my top five movies. I'll be <laughs> honest. I really love La La Land. They're like, like how you were saying how everyone like had to put in so much work before the film. You can take it scene by scene and understand why it like took so long for everyone to uh, put this all together. Yeah. Like just that a uh, party scene. Uh, yeah. During uh, someone in the crowd, yeah. <laughs> when the camera's spinning in the pool and like everyone's like that was dancing a great around it, shot. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Like, think how long that like alone must have taken, and like that's probably like not even a super. I mean, it was it was Dude. a very good scene, but it's not like the first thing you'll think of. It was. I, I really loved the one he was spinning in the pool. That yeah, was yeah. probably one of, that was one of my favorite. It shots. still just blows my mind so much the the opening scene mm-hmm. on the bridge. The they fact did, that they had to close that yeah. off for an entire day and I, it, they, was, it was in a studio. Oh, was it actually? They, yeah. Well, See, it might have been. Nate Magic lied to me then. <laughs> Enemy of the program, Nate <laughs> <Hey>, Magic. <laughs> it was either in a studio or they only had like a. It was like a part of it. Probably like a fifty-yard stretch where they actually had their cars and stuff and stuff set up. And, and the rest was CGI. CGI post-production. Yeah. Uh, the part when they leave the party and they're dancing on the. I don't think that was real. Like it, it was. Looked, it was. Yeah, yeah. I watched it, an interview. With they him. must have had a 
fuck ton of lights behind the camera. No, yeah. he said it was because like they the had light... 15 minutes before the sunset, so they had to do it, it really was... quick. Yeah, I totally know what you're talking about. I it, because it, it, doesn't look real. it doesn't look it real. Doesn't. It they must like have just on a set, and then the background is just. They must have just like completely redid the lighting then, because yeah. it doesn't look real. But knowing it is real, that's awesome. That scene is like the dancing in that scene. It reminds me of. Um, there's a film called Top Hat, which is a 1947 musical that has a number that's incredibly similar to it. It's where they, it's Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, they meet and they start dancing and Ginger Rogers proves that she can keep up with him. And mm-hmm. then that's how their relationship starts. And that just reminded me so much of that, the scene on the top of the hill. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There you go. They did it all in one shot. The, uh, yeah. uh, top of LA is Griffith Park. The we want to shoot and take the game, yes. Yeah, nice. Like that makes sense. Like <laughs> yeah, I said, this seems like Damien Chazelle was like everything is going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'm not going to. But this they did out. 40 takes of that the opening scene, the another day in the sun. Jeez, imagine being out there for fucking <laughs> yeah. day. Dude, makes well, me I think of being the guys in the van. <laughs> <laughs> Just for so long, yeah. and then they open it. Are we done yet? <laughs> makes me think of my work on Darkest Dusk this last <laughs> summer with Paul Murphy. <laughs> Ryan Gosling does La La Land and, and The Darkest Dark Dusk. <laughs> Matt, don't miss. Matt, all you have to do is turn your shoulder and we can be done. Uh, the, uh, one positive I have about this is we can talk about the technical stuff, the cut, the look of it, the you know, the choreography, the music, all that we want. I don't. Th- I think that was so good, but I also think another thing was I didn't. I felt the story didn't take a backseat to the actual movie. No, I agree. Like, I was invested in the story. Like, it's so easy to, like, write a musical like that. Like, Hamilton. Like, I saw it when it came to Des Moines. It was so easy to, like, like, oh, look at all the dancing and stuff. But, like, I don't know what's going on in the story. Because, like, but this, like, I knew it was going on. Like, it was... Did you watch Hamilton? I saw it when it came to Des Moines, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. And it follows so little, like, subplots. Yeah. It's pretty much just Sebastian and Mia. Mm -hmm. And then, like, there's the little... I guess about the jazz part yeah. and like there's like Mia's there's like, Mia um want to be an mates, actress or... her career yeah, yeah. like they, both like, their careers are kind of a subplot but they also like tie in directly at the same time is their yeah. relationship and then their careers and that was it that was yeah. the only storyline they yeah. also like have just very hint showings of like their lives behind in the background mm-hmm. like they have uh, Sebastian's sister who has the one scene where she's talking uh, at her apart at his apartment but then they also show uh, her uh, showing off her engagement ring to her uh, fiance to Seb and Mia just for like I don't know like two seconds or something yeah. like mm-hmm. that and then Seb's playing at her wedding for a little bit and then uh, the after the five years later part it shows the postcard not the postcard uh christmas card that oh, shows yep, yep. The, her and her husband oh, yeah, and a kid. kid his name is sebastian that's why they called it sebs <laughs> i thought his name was chicken on a I was, so good, I was so confused she was like she was like sebs i was like what the fuck is a seb <laughs> all right it's a 10 now <laughs> well the thing is i don't think they said his name up until that point they, I, I don't remember them saying his name up until they're eating and then John Legend's introduced. And he's oh, like, Sebastian, yeah. how you doing? That's like that's the first instance I know of them like saying his name. Yeah. yeah. but Unless his sister said it at one point in that scene, but I don't really know. Yeah, like, just uh, the way they, like, uh, interwove the sister, like, very faintly in the background, but it still showed that the life that they could have had that's happening to his sister, but he isn't getting because he's following his dream yeah. and opening his club. I almost wish they would have done that with um, 
Mia's roommates as well. Yeah. Because we see them in one scene, and then they're there for a dance number, and then they're out. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I want to see them more. Wasn't one of them babysitting their kid at the very end? No. Was that a babysitter, or was that Mia's know. mom? I think was she just, looked too young to be her mom. I think it was just a lady. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. It looked like the, it looked like the kind of Hispanic-looking lady. Oh, I don't know. But who knows? Um, so we talked about good for a long time. Do you guys have any negatives? I wasn't a giant fan of the scene in the observatory. How it went from being like we could see it potentially happening yeah. within the physics of our world, <laughs> and then it goes like wire work and yeah, I would agree. CGI. I thought I thought the CGI wasn't that good. I agreed, but I think that's important for the transition from the uh, m- movie musical classic yeah. feel to the more modern. Yeah. So I see. I know why they did it, yeah. but it, I just didn't really like it. I mm. thought in the scene with Mia and her roommates, I thought the lip syncing wasn't very good. Agreed. Yeah, it, I noticed it, that as it well. It just looked like they were talking. Which uh, even Emma Stone's was bad, but she wasn't bad. Like her lip syncing wasn't bad throughout the rest of the movie. It was just that one scene I noticed. Well, like, I don't think in the a bridge. Lot of the rest, some of the, guys the rest of the bridge it was live. Like live? they were actually singing live. Okay, and then I can like that you, scene. Then you can definitely tell yeah. them they're doing it live. Yeah. <laughs> So. Unless the girl from Happy Death Day can sing, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> she was one of them. I noticed that last <laughs> night. <laughs> the one thing I didn't like, I thought, like, Sebastian, like, being against the new era of jazz was kind of underdeveloped. Mm-hmm. Like, it seemed like they should have either just not had that idea at all, or they should have, like, developed it a little longer. I mean, I kind of disagree, because, like, uh, when they first show him, after he, uh, gets flipped off by Mia, uh, he goes to a coffee shop and waits outside that one theater just to pick up a piece of merchandise from the theater that they were going to throw out. And then he, like, vandalizes the Samba Tapa place. Yeah. And he talks very passionately about jazz constantly. Yeah. No, that's what I mean. I, yeah. I thought he should have, like, they should have gone farther with that. Oh, okay. I think he... Like they should have either just not had it at all, at all, or he should have like been even more passionate about it. Or yeah. not more passionate, but they should have shown more passion about it. Because mm-hmm. it felt like it was just like a only prevalent in the dinner scene where the turkey burnt. Oh yeah, yeah. Like that. That felt like that. It was the only time where it was mentioned. Where I thought that it was a bigger part of Sebastian's character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just. But that's so a. Impressed. That's. I, I kind of disagree. That's a that. very s- small nitpick too. Yeah. I'm sorry, I, I can't get over it. He learned piano for this movie. Yeah, yeah he, <laughs> so he was impressive. so good. Yeah. I already, I already forgot it. Really? <laughs> I, got, I got three, three months of lessons, and I don't know how to play anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh that sounds like something I did. <laughs> I, I tried learning it, and I was like, Piano's it was hard. like the like first ten seconds. I was like, yeah, hey, I got this, and then I don't. After piano's, that. Yeah, piano's, piano's not like guitar. Off. I feel like, like I feel like yeah. guitar is easier to learn than piano. I agree. But that's because I'm biased. Do you guys want to talk about our favorite scenes, or do you yeah. do you have anything else we want to talk about? No, I think that whatever is left to talk about that we liked will probably get touched on the favorite yeah. scenes, anyways. Okay, yeah. so I kind of touched on mine. I'll just continue on it. The one on the I'm probably gonna steal at least one of your guys is the one after they leave the party on the thing and they're tap dancing. That's so good. Number one, it looks great. But number two, like the choreography is like so like they're exactly in sync and the part on the when she's putting on her tap shoes on the bench and they're yeah, like, and like they're doing like a play fighting or whatever yeah, yeah. that's uh, what it's really just reminded me of singing in the rain yep yeah but just like 
it, it's like the cover for when you look up like the soundtrack on Spotify. It's like the cover for it, mm-hmm. but like just them like facing each other and dancing. And yeah, well, made like me uh, made me feel some type of way. It's so good. <laughs> it like establishes that, their relationship <laughs> for the rest of the movie, and it's it's great. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doug, what was your favorite scene? Um, I would say that one, but oh, um, I took it, in so the sense of that, I will. <laughs> I think <laughs> this movie, out of most I've seen, has one of the most perfect endings, I think. Um, just with the sequence of them going through the different sets and the different yeah. uh, things that could have happened with their relationship, mm-hmm. and then giving us that gratifying ending at the end, I just... It's my favorite. It's the epilogue you deserved. Exactly. You, you had to hear yeah. that music again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I had the ending. Just with Doug. <laughs> I watched <laughs> something else. I watched a video by yeah. Thomas Flight. You're in the movie. You, you don't have a favorite scene? Uh, yeah, Ryan. <laughs> Come on, Ryan. That was my favorite one to film. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I watched a video by Thomas Flight about the ending and just how like... That's a good pilot. What? <laughs> Thomas Flight. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just how Chazelle <laughs> forms his endings, and it's very similar to Whiplash, where it like yes. gives you the fake happy ending. Okay, don't spoil then, it. And then just the real ending. I'm not going to spoil it. Spoiler right. podcast. Doug hasn't seen I Whiplash. Seen Whiplash. Doug hasn't okay, seen it. but it's well, that's your fault. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but yeah, I just the way he does the ending and makes it because like the first time I watched it, I was so confused. Like I had no idea what was going on. And the mm-hmm. second time, like once you kind of know what happens and you get to see like everything play out the way it does, and you're able to appreciate. All the coloring in that scene. I thought that was one of the best coloring yeah, scenes agreed. of the entire movie. Yeah. Just going through the different scenery in very like fast-paced way. Mm-hmm. I thought that was amazing. And then just like the cut from the guy that the other pianist, and then cutting to Emma Stone sitting in the audience with her yeah. new husband, and then mm-hmm. just like looking up at Gosling. Yeah, they both like look heartbroken, but mm-hmm. also like content with where they're at the same time, and it just ties together, like what Doug said. When you pursue a career in Hollywood, like you trade everything in for it, mm-hmm. and it it just tied that together so well, and it didn't follow the formula of a love story, even yeah. though like yeah. it wasn't a happy ending, but it still felt like a happy ending, even mm-hmm. though they didn't get married and spend forever together. I just it was the same. I love it. That's what I was saying yeah. earlier is like the, compared to like 500 Days of Summer where like I wanted them to end up together I was like okay that they didn't end up mm-hmm. together here. Yep. Uh, but the scene at the end when he finishes like the piano solo mm-hmm. and it's just Emma Stone just sitting like dead faced right yeah. there. Like that's how I felt during that scene too you know. And like the end of the piano solo where it's just like five seconds in between like each key mm-hmm. and you just yeah. You just like felt the like oh now you know it's gonna cut to yeah. Ryan Gosling and you're gonna get back to reality. He just breaks into Runaway by Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> He's just out there and everyone just slowly gets we got up. You. Everyone slowly gets up and leaves. <laughs> Imagine this movie, but Kanye plays Sebastian. Oh, God. Ben, what was your favorite scene? Kim is Mia. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, my favorite scene, uh, was actually the one I sort of mentioned earlier, uh, the someone in the crowd scene. Uh, <laughs> uh, just, I really enjoyed the back and forth and like the banter of the roommates all getting ready and leaving. And then when they all do their David Bowie impression and dance out in the street yeah. after that, and like that just sets it off into the rest of the song where they're at the party and it's 
the undertones of the store of the song, which is like someone in the crowd, like you have to sleep with someone to be famous or be successful, yeah. like and like that's not what she wants, and like I don't know, I just thought that was really interesting, and how like when the song like slows down and she's coming out of the bathroom and it's slowly picking up and picking up and picking up, and the guy jumps in the pool. It's neato. And I think that scene's one of the ones where the color is used oh, yeah. super well with it the is. dresses. Mm-hmm. And even inside the apartment, the blue in the hallway compared to like the red striped couch. And, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've watched, so I watched a video on this a couple weeks ago. And it, it showed how like the first half of the movie, they just use like the primary colors. So mm-hmm. I think I, I, I watched that video that, too. Yeah. So, and then as the movie went on and, like, they drifted apart, it got to, like, more extreme and vibrant colors. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know what that means because I watched the video a while ago. Yeah. But, yeah, I just yeah, thought I'd I've, that I think thing. I watched that video last night. And I didn't agree with everything that the guy in the video said, but there were a lot of smart observations made. Yeah, I, I thought the coloring in this movie was... It, like, it one, was so it, was, it was just, like, beautiful to the eye, but two, it also, like, enhanced the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. There's, there's a lot of movies where the coloring... Is just like Marvel movies, gorgeous to watch. Yeah, like Black Panther. <laughs> yeah, the coloring is yep. amazing, but like, does I it actually? It the the I said it in the opposite way. Does it actually <laughs> do anything? Does it actually? <laughs> Civil do War. It? Civil War is so dull yeah. to look yeah. at. Honestly. But does the Black Panther coloring do anything to the movie other than make it good to look no. at? Like, it doesn't enhance the characters of the story at all. This like, and this yeah. movie does both. Yeah. I never freeze. <laughs> it's a third, <laughs> third time reference about like euphoria. Like you, like the coloring in euphoria plays into the plot, and like it tells you how the characters are feeling, and along with looking visually really well. It, this is up there with I think my personal favorite colored colored movie is Her, the one about the guy that wants to have sex with the phone. Wait, what? Was it a phone? Or Her computer? with as a oh, phone with, with Joaquin, Joaquin Fien, yeah with the Joker. <laughs> the Joker, baby. <laughs> the, the Joker and Black Widow fall in love, but the Black Widow's a phone, and you know, the Joker's just a loser. Wow. You know what the Joker says? I give you the funny, you give us the money. <laughs> well, I think Why? I think I think hers one of the best colored film. My is my personal favorite colored film, but this is right up there. Do you know who directed that one? Oh, uh, Spike Jones. Spike okay. Jones, yeah. I was thinking Todd Phillips did this one for some reason. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was, I was Dude, thinking, it's the guy who did the Hangover. <laughs> Well, he did Joker too. Yeah, yeah. Tom Phillips did uh, what about War Dogs? Cool. The Hangover Part Two. I don't know. For some reason, I was thinking Todd Phillips did this, but it was Damien Chazelle, which makes a lot of sense. For a quick segment, do we want to do our favorite song? Because mine isn't like in tune with like, like the, my favorite scene. I like the city of was the city of lights, the one on the bridge where he's dancing with the lady. That's City of Stars. The husband's like, "Hey, give me my wife back." Yeah, <laughs> city of Stars. City of Stars. All right, that's my favorite. Okay. Uh, if it counts, I'm gonna say the epilogue. It's, gets me really jacked up at the gym. Get me, gets me psyched. You just listen to the La La Land soundtrack. Mine was uh, "Start a Fire," the John Legend oh, song at the concert. Wow. Oh, that Dude, okay, the John Legend music, like that band, the music was, it was actually really good. good. Yeah, I know. I was like, it's not jazz. I was like, That's the joke. Doug, what was your favorite song? Um, I've got the Wikipedia list pulled up. If here, I've got the get the Spotify. I think it, a lovely night, the one where they're dancing on yeah. the, on the hill. Yeah, mm-hmm. the lyrics in that were so good. Mm-hmm. And when the full band swings in, it's yeah. so nice. Yeah. 
So yeah, so I just want to go watch this movie. Again. I do too. Yeah. So do, uh, screw Brickhouse. I'm <laughs> <laughs> calling in. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I gotta watch La La Land again. <laughs> You're just like serving tables while having it. <laughs> <laughs> Tap dancing. <laughs> Here's your pizza. Headphones in. Can we get drinks? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> shut, up shut up. They're making eye contact. <laughs> it's the scene on the hill. <laughs> uh, do you guys want to get into our rates? Yeah, ten. 10 yep i'll yeah. give it a 10 i'm not even Same. gonna give an exclamation Honestly, i won't it's, either it's just amazing I love it's as it. close to perfect as a yeah. movie musical can get in yeah. my opinion i don't know man hamilton was pretty good <laughs> <laughs> i wanted okay for the for the viewers i wanted to watch hamilton for this week but ben straight up refused <laughs> now he wouldn't even humor me well it's because you don't want to watch want, you don't want to watch dewey cox story that's either. different no it is you want to watch it seriously i wanted to watch hamilton and just shit on it you for 50 it. minutes <laughs> we have to do that it has to be our first video podcast just so we can do this the whole time <laughs> <laughs> every time someone's not talking you're just biting your lip <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else have any last words about why they gave it a ten? Um, I love how uh, uh, Sebastian's so funny in this. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, Jake, you did a really good job. Thank you. Thank you. Ryan Gosling is to be in more comedic movies because it's this nice guys, half nice guys, and then like Habsies, crazy stupid love. <laughs> but he just he just makes love. fun of Michael Scott. I want to see that for uh, Adam Sandler. Oh, wait, I'm thinking Punch Drunk Love. No, it's not. It's Steve Carell. And I'm thinking of Punch Drunk Love. <laughs> yeah, but uh, the uh, It's a Prius joke killed me. I love that <laughs> joke. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I don't think there was a single line in this movie that Gosling or Stone missed. Like, mm-hmm. uh, Agreed. They don't miss. They don't miss. <laughs> Off the dome every, every single time. Uh, so, you guys have anything else to say, or should we get into the next segment? Nah. I, I think we should get into our favorite soundtracks, which... I'm just going to make La La Land exempt from it because it's okay. probably okay. close yeah. to the top for all of us. Mm. Damn it. But you can still... Yeah. You can pick it. You can still say it. We just <laughs> talked about it. <laughs> all right, so are we going to do a list or just like kind of name it? I do not have a list. I don't have a list. I have anymore. a okay. favorite. I have three favorites. I've got one in mind. But. Off the top and dome freestyle. Well, my favorite... I'll start off I'll ring, I'll ring a top three. How about that? My favorite... I think I brought four. My favorite is Baby Driver. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> just... Uh, just such a good soundtrack. The opening scene with Miles Teller just like driving around the city and like just jamming out to music mm-hmm. is so good. And like every everything <laughs> in that, I can't even like bell bottoms. Yeah, yeah, bell yeah. bottoms. <laughs> just everything in that movie's good. And I'm all sure of the music's even, new to everybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the whole movie's good, especially Kevin Spacey. Ooh. Ah, and, yeah, Anzo, yeah, and, yeah. and Anzo El Gort. Did you mean Anzo El Gort? Because you said Oh, did I say Miles earlier? Yeah. yeah. They look alike, except one's a they predator, look alike, predator and, I've been and one is about yeah. one's a sick drummer. We don't take your pick. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that's a really good movie. Uh, what else do I have? I've got. Except everyone in the movie. Django Unchained. We, talk, we no. talked about that Django Unchained. Yep. Uh, what was that episode seven? Something but like that. that was a sneaky good soundtrack. Like mm, I looked up, I looked up like lists of like most famous soundtracks of all time, and that wasn't on there at all. Really? But mm. I, I just it had really a good soundtrack. Yeah. It was like a all the, the when they're walking in the field, yep, and just the Rick Ross say. comes over, and I was like, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> and then my last one is Breakfast Club. Very iconic soundtrack. Dude, I haven't seen Breakfast Club in forever. The um, Shout out uh, Tom Tonelli. He doesn't like The Breakfast Club. <laughs> Didn't you make fun of us one time for liking The Breakfast Club? Probably. Okay. Do you, <laughs> do you not like it, Ben? You know, like I haven't the seen Club? it. What? I just get the references. I get the... It's 
that. Probably it's it, probably <laughs> the best John Hughes movie. It's really good. I don't know. It's like uh, like picture the '80s. Some kind of wonderful is pretty like, good. Like, <laughs> like it's like the best '80s movie I would think of like that genre. But it's it's like the most '80s movie. It's like the Lady Bird of the '80s. Yeah. Nah, I think uh, Back to the Future with the. Uh, <laughs> The guy in his Shut mom. Up. I've never seen Back <laughs> to the Future. Really? Mm-hmm. You, didn't we wow. watch it in school like three times? I wasn't there. Well, if we did. I don't know. I want. I remember watching Back to the Future in middle school. I've never even like. I've never even like watched the end of it. Or like like it's that it's hasn't been on TV. I haven't seen school. any of it. So I don't really want to see it either because I heard it doesn't really age that well. I haven't seen it. In like the 10 guy years. wants to fuck his mom. Yeah. In, so. <laughs> also, a, honorable mention to Black Panther. Yeah, pretty good soundtrack. Okay. Kendrick okay. Lamar. It's, it's more. I didn't like the didn't like, Black Panther. You don't soundtrack. like all the stars. I don't like the Black Panther because I love Kendrick Lamar, and that didn't sound like Kendrick Lamar to me. You put it the best. It was like a, like it, it was watered down because he wanted to play it safe for a movie soundtrack. Like that sounds damn, like, that's like damn, and to Pimp a Butterfly and Good Kid, Mad City are just so and like Section Eighty. They're all great albums, and then there's just Black Panther. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I I could listen. I could turn on the radio and listen to any song that sounded like this. Like this doesn't sound like the Kendrick Lamar I enjoy. It sounds like the Kendrick Lamar that wanted to make a buck. Not that like he did a bad job with it. It's just like if I if I'm putting on Kendrick Lamar, I'm not putting on anything from that soundtrack. That's fair. Come on. So I guess your choices were terrible. Ben, since I know yours is probably Baby Driver, do you want to go next? Yeah, uh, yeah I chose three, and that was one of the three. Uh, my second was Inside Lewin Davis. Uh, I don't know if you guys have watched it yet. I haven't. I, oh, wait, I have listened to the soundtrack, though. The one with the guy from Mumford and Sons. I like yes. that song. <laughs> uh, the soundtrack is really good. Uh, great folk music. They have three, three or four originals, and then there's lots of classics from... I think it's the 30s or the 20s where the movie takes place. Wait, not even that. Okay. It's like the 50s, I believe. They have some OG Bob Dylan songs in there. And I don't know, just really good folk music, and it's a great movie. <laughs> uh, next one is Drive. <laughs> Had some really good synth wave in that movie. Another Ryan Gosling movie. It is. Yeah. Had some great synth wave in that movie. So you're paying attention to during the movie? I was listening the whole time to the movie and just that. Uh, but, yeah, the songs were great in that movie, and, yeah, check it out. Put you, put me on to Synthwave. So are you done? Yeah. All right, uh, I have three. Um, number three, I have, uh, uh, oh, how we not, as no one mentioned, it's Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I really basic. agree. It's just, well, yeah, I know it's basic. I'm not saying it isn't. It was on my list, and then Brock brought it up last night. So <laughs> <I told him. laughs> like, Damn it, Brock. Friend of the program. <laughs> audience member. Brock. Brock, Brock is our only audience member ever. What? Yeah, you oh, yeah, remember yeah, yeah, we recorded yeah. that one time, and he was just kind of here? <laughs> Actually, he wasn't here. We got dinner, and then I was like, you want to come record? And he was like, yeah, sure, I'll come. So, shout out Brock. But uh, number, number two, I have... Uh, uh, Django Unchained. Mm-hmm. Like I said, that when they're walking, just the Rick Ross verse comes in, got me amped. I don't know why. There's something about Rick Ross's voice. That's that should be the end of the sentence. Stop there. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, number one, I have Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Ah oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was one of mine. <laughs> As a, I haven't seen it forever, but I just remember loving the soundtrack, and uh, it's a talking it's, bottom it's voice. It's a good movie. Bef- too. Before we get into. Doug's list. Honorable mention to Fast and Furious 7. God. Friend uh, of the program, Isaac Dyke. Uh, uh, survivor of the Turbo Team podcast, Isaac Dyke, former guest. I survived the Turbo Team podcast. 
We'll oh yeah, shirt. Doug, you get, get it. Yeah, you get your shirts it. in the mail. When, when we when we finally make shirts, you get an <laughs> I Survived the Turbo Team podcast <laughs> yeah. shirt. So congratulations on that. Quick question: uh, Prefer the Guardians one or Guardians two soundtrack? One. One. I'm a I'm two. Not a I'm a two guy. guy. Actually, I I think actually I do prefer the second. I haven't listened to them for a while. I can't. Two's got of, some bangs. I can't I think think I do the, prefer the second. I can't think of the second like soundtrack. I just like. I just don't. I like the movie very much. <laughs> the second, the I saw the second it's movie. Weird. <laughs> I saw it. He three, fights a planet. I saw it three times in theaters, and okay. two of those last two were on accident. Chris Pratt again. What's that? I thought we were going to one movie, and then it turns out it was Guardians. And the second time it was at the wrong it was at Flix. It was at Flix Brewhouse. Okay. The third time I had already ordered, and then like it's Guardians. <laughs> <laughs> so I just watched. <laughs> oh wow, Thor Ragnarok! Oh, what the fuck! <laughs> Chris Pratt again. <laughs> Oh god! All right, Doug. What's, Doug, what are yours? Um, I was gonna say, "Oh brother, where art thou?" Um, and then another one was "Into the Spider Verse." Oh, oh yeah. I didn't grab that. 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 I did like that soundtrack. It's yeah, Sunflower. it fits it so well. Post Malone. Yeah, for the then, program. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> Okay. Sorry, Doug. I would almost say Ragnarok for nothing yet, for nothing else but the opening. Yeah, immigrant song used in any yes. movie is amazing. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> immigrant song used any time is amazing. Oh, yeah. I have a song. It's not a movie. School, school of Rock. Oh, yeah, oh, it's good. Yeah. good. It's not a movie, but it's a TV show. Uh, Mindhunter on Netflix. Yes, it's so good. I just watched the first episode. I've ever seen. Part of Atlanta. It's just been. It's just sixties and it's like seventies, eighties rock. It's like a ton of Led Zeppelin. It is awesome, and it fits the movie so well. It's fantastic. This isn't soundtrack, but check out these two. Tell the, me which is better. Oh, it's got Mr. Blue's guy, so yeah, I like this one better. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I, I can mention community on the podcast, the community score is so good. This is the, the first one. That's score, not soundtrack. I know. that. When we get to score, I'm going to go off my favorites. I said it's one. not soundtrack, but is the, the, the Saving nice. Greendale... Uh, just a little guitar pick is, okay, is so good. One. Okay, the Save Greendale song, uh, Pierce, like, you, Pierce, you're a bee song. No, the just like the one that they play oh. in the background. <laughs> yeah, the one they play in the background, yeah. like whenever there's a romantic moment. It's yeah. oh, so good. So Guardians, <laughs> Guardians two as Mr. Yeah, yeah. as Mr. Blue Sky, the Chain, My Sweet Lord, and Father and Son. So I do prefer this soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, first and second, oh, and really it's got good. David Hasselhoff. So. That's the, the sneak. Doug, did you get through all <laughs> your whole top three of my soundtracks? Yeah, yeah. All right. Anyone else have anything to say? No, I think that's gonna do it for our movie talk. Did, the, did you do your three? Just, it did. It was Spider Verse, yeah. Ragnarok. I wasn't. Our brother wrote that two superhero movies. I know. Yeah, we're haters. Okay, of the okay bro. Series, but like, <laughs> here. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah. We're not haters, but we're like, yeah, it's, I think it's, we're judges. One of them, Sony. Uh, this is a story. This yeah, is a Star Wars yeah. podcast, not a Marvel podcast. Yeah, well, we're I talking think about major franchise. If anyone yeah. prefers Marvel versus Star Wars, they're kind of like. I love Star Wars. Okay, I, I don't want to get into Star Wars. Yeah, we don't need to. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> we we, almost, we accidentally get into that debate almost every show. Yeah, on I know. This podcast. So, Doug, as a first time guest on the podcast, I think you know the tradition. You we uh, you have to give us your top five movies of all time. Yeah. So, uh, starting at five. Yeah. Yeah, starting starting at, five. at five. And if, okay. uh, if there's any bad ones, we will destroy you. Uh, so I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, 
So probably um, that is a long list, Buckaroo. That's that's a list of every movie I've seen. <laughs> oh my and god, it's not all of them. Do you have a letterbox? Hmm. Do you have a letterbox account? Mm-mm. It's kind of like I'm I should better. No. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't have a letterbox. I have a podcast instead. <laughs> number five, uh, Little Women. The the new Greta one. Gerwig, oh my Women. god. Do you not like it? <laughs> we haven't seen it yet. You haven't seen it? I want to we see it so it. bad. It's so good. Saoirse Ronan's so good in it. I know. Dude, my mom, my mom so has it upstairs. It. Greta Gerwig <sighs> should have won Best Director for it. I am so you mad that she didn't. Before I leave. It is, you think she should have won it? I absolutely think I'm on. I'm on the Marriage Story bandwagon. I think I, Marriage Story is Marriage Story is so good. I didn't like Marriage Story that much. Okay, Doug is now an enemy of the podcast. I just don't like Scarlett Johansson all that much. I, I don't really either, but she was really good. Oh, dude. She was great even in the movie. Even if you don't like Adam Sandler, or not Adam Sandler, even if you don't like uh, Scarlett Johansson in it, <laughs> Adam, 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 I meant to say Adam Driver. <laughs> he's, he's the redeeming factor. Adam Driver's funny. performance is I, I tried looking up uh, Little Women, and this is what came up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Anyone listening, Google uh, Little Women New York. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it, yeah, it's an excellent movie. I cannot recommend it enough. Friend of the program, short we shots in Flor- Knoxville, Iowa. We stand Florence. Florence though, we stand Florence, Florence Pugh on this. Yeah, we do. Podcast. Stand, this is a pro Florence Pugh podcast. Midsummer should have been nominated for best I picture. I haven't seen Midsummer yet. That's one I need to see. Oh my god, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, once okay. you get past the, once you get past like the funny parts of it, it's a good movie. You'll yeah, get it when the you funny watch parts the movie. Are funny. In the end, whatever. Okay, but it's not supposed to be funny. It is. <laughs> All right. Anyway, Doug. so uh, number four. Is I mentioned it earlier, but Top Hat. It's a Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers. I just think their chemistry works super well. Um, it it's not a perfect movie by any means because it was made in 1947. A lot of racism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could have said it. <laughs> uh, we are an anti-racism podcast. Yeah, the Turtle Team podcast hates racism. Yep. <laughs> racism. Cold if you're out there, watch it back. <laughs> Okay, uh, so number three for me is uh, 1917. Um, oh, good movie. I haven't seen that yet. Another one-take movie. I don't remember. It's Sam Mendes who directed it. Yeah. Um, Roger Deakins. Cinematography. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice plug. I was genuinely yeah. surprised that didn't win Best Picture. I, was I haven't seen it, but that just seems like a Best Picture movie. I, yeah, it I, was really good. I liked the film, but I was personally disappointed only just because... I really hate watching trailers, and the trailer for that movie gives away like the whole plot. Yeah, I don't. I didn't think I watched the trailer for it because I don't. I don't like watching trailers because of that. reason. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, they put I, the I totally best. They That's put like the, the best reason. scene in the trailer. That's him running. I have along. a hot take on the trailer thing. I don't think they put. A, they should have put Hulk in the Ragnarok trailer. I think they just should have. Surprised, uh, it. surprised it. That was me with the mid '90s. I watched the first mid '90s trailer, and I was like, "All right, I'm gonna love this movie. And I'm not gonna watch anything else." <laughs> and then I still haven't seen it. Okay, so yeah, you you said the '90s wasn't that good. Kyle saw it and he really liked it. I didn't say it wasn't that good. I said it was just all right. I don't know. I, I still need to see it. I think I'd like it. But well. Doug, number two. Uh, number two is uh, a movie called Once. It's a Irish indie movie musical. Um, it's a guy named Glenn Hansard and um, the actress is Marketa Irglova. Um, and they essentially, it's probably one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen. The soundtrack is amazing. And it's like cinematically, it's shot like it was on a camcorder. Mm-hmm. But the story just makes up for it um, so many times over. Then your number one. My yes. number one 
kind of out of the theme for the rest of them, but A Knight's Tale with Heath Ledger. <laughs> yeah. Always. Uh, jousting movie. Yeah. And yeah. It's, yeah. I have seen it so many times, and it <laughs> never fails to make me laugh. It has my boy. Rest, rest in name. peace. Heath Ledger. Yeah. No, the other guy. What's it called again? Heath Ledger, Mark Addy. A Knight's Tale. No, it, um, Rufus Swill. It's Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk. Tudyk. Alan Tudyk. This yeah. guy, why is this guy um, in this movie? Dude, Alan Tudyk's amazing. I don't know, but doesn't he... Vision. Uh, oh, uh... He's also in it, and he's really good. Uh... <laughs> fuck. He's in Star Dude, Wars, too. he has too. the Joker yeah. and Vision in this movie. <laughs> he's in Star Wars, too. <laughs> I know, um... Who plays Vi... Oh, fuck. It's Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany, yeah. yeah. Yes. He plays Jeffrey Chaucer in it, and it's just the funniest thing. I'm a big. Uh, the first time you meet him in the movie, you see his ass like full on. Nice. <laughs> yeah, Sick. and then he becomes their hype man. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> exactly. I watched it recently. Yeah. Yeah. Who does he play in? Who's Paul Bettany playing Star Wars? He He's... plays a villain in the Solo movie. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, he does. He have a scar down his face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Alan Tudyk is also in Star Wars. Pretty good performance, actually. (laughs) What do you think of... Actually, I know what you think of it, but I want your opinion on the podcast. What do you think of the Gambino solo uh, series that Disney Plus is trying to workshop? With the solos? Yeah. Um, Glover's going to play... Or, it's uh, not solo, uh, Lando. Don Glover's going to like... I think it's got potential. Really? Yeah. It it does, but honestly... If they keep it small enough, like if they they try to play it into the whole, like... The scheme ma- of things, yeah. Or if they keep it small, like they did with Mandalorian, yeah. mm-hmm. smaller, low stakes, but still fun to watch. Yeah. I think it'll be good. Yeah, I, I, when, I, when Star Wars tries to go like huge stakes, top. like Endgame stakes, yeah. Death Star stakes, it's Rogue just yeah. it I, has then you get the rise to, of Skywalker. It has the potential to flop a lot more. <laughs> I I genuinely like. I really like Solo. I don't know if it's, it's no. Probably, I did too. It's probably yeah. my top five. It just flopped because everyone hated the Last Jedi. Oh, top five Star Wars. It <laughs> it flopped in the box office because yeah. everyone hated the Last Jedi. I liked it. I thought it was good. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't understand the mixed reviews. I need to see it again. Although, uh, I will say, I know everyone loves it. I thought the Mandalorian was just eh. Yeah. I thought I, I could understand. I thought that. the main. So there was there was it a, was eight episodes. So there was four episodes that were all along like the Mandalorian storyline, and then there were four just like, like sub, subplots. Yeah, sub, I thought yeah. like the storyline was great, but the subplots were just like yeah, the one were, where he went out into the desert mm-hmm. was just like so boring. I yeah, hated and that one. They used it to set up something for later seasons, mm-hmm. and it just didn't, there were so it many like two parter, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, no, it, well, it felt like a two. It, was, it yeah. felt like a part two to yeah. the first one. There yeah. were so many te- like technical stuff wrong with it too, but oh, no, really? that yeah. desert episode. The worst produced one out of all of them. Yeah, there's the like the green screen in it is awful. <laughs> well, have you? Seen, they didn't use green screen at all. It was like the they definitely use green screen for at least a few of those shots. Okay. I because you, it's very very clear to because it's screen. like the it's like the adaptive motion capture or whatever it is where they have a giant like curved screen behind them. Well, and the, then yeah, that's what I consider a green. Okay, screen. Gotcha. <laughs> I'm talking about like if they were Practical, on set to do it then. Yeah. But, like, there's just so many, like, technical stuff I noticed, and okay. I just, I didn't really care for it. Also, like, they revealed who the Mandalorian was, and I was like, hmm. okay, like, it's a guy. Pedro Pascal, right. so what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, 
I, we, got was on, we got back on Star Wars. Understandable. Okay, I can talk about Star Wars forever. I apologize. No, you can't. Yeah, right. we know you can. Yeah, yeah, you Jake, get us out of this. Yeah, so <laughs> we want to thank Doug for being a great guest, topping on the program. He survived the Turbo Team podcast. We'll get you those shirts. Okay, uh, we need to make those shirts. Yeah, we got <laughs> that'd, be so, that'd, be so, that'd be so funny. Be All right, Ben, <laughs> shut up. So we're at like your 9 a.m. So I was like, what the fuck is that shirt, dude? <laughs> and then it could just be a Survive the Turbo Team podcast. Go listen. Go listen. Yeah, on the back it just says, check out on Spotify and Apple Music <laughs> and wherever you get your podcast. But it has the links on it. <laughs> you just type the link. Put, a, put a QR code yeah, on the back. Yeah, put a QR yeah. code. Like, you're just sitting there taking a test and someone's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Dude, this is the Turbo, Turbo Team, Team Podcast. podcast. <laughs> while, you're, while you're taking a test, you hear someone through their earbuds. <laughs> turn around. Yeah, so like Doug, episode. Yeah. Doug survived the podcast. Thanks for coming yeah. on again. It's a good yeah, episode. Thanks for having me. Next week, the plan is two more episodes, so stay so tuned on Twitter. We're going to do uh, Palm Springs on Tuesday, and then I won't be here for the Friday episode. I have but no, Ben and I are planning on doing yes. a Simpsons extravaganza. There's oh, going to yeah. be a Simpsons uh, whole episode. I'm having no surgery, so I won't be there, but I'll be back the week after. So sad the biggest simp here won't be there for the Simpsons. What did you call me? Simp? Oh, <laughs> hey, man. My name is Homework because I'm a simp, son. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Turbo Team Podcast. As always, we'll plug our social media in the bio. We'll, we'll plug Doug's, too. Give Doug a follow on mm-hmm. Twitter, Instagram, whatnot. Thanks, guys. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Turbo Team Podcast. Our social medias are linked in the bio. Follow us on Twitter at the Turbo Team Pod. You can listen to all episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other platform where podcasts are listened to. Thank you for listening.